ladies and gentlemen, dudes and dudettes, my audience migrating over from my Sean Cross YouTube channel, as well as my TSK Beowulf channel. Welcome all to the Anatomy Podcast. Welcome to our guest as well, in which today it is going to be my good friend, Greg Gilbert, formerly from Shrine and now participating in new projects. Plenty to talk about today. But as I said before, to my good friend, the Anatomy Podcast hey. is broken up into two categories. We have the first band member or like musician part, the person himself just learning their story, how they became a musician, and then we'll really be diving into what anatomy means. And I mean, anatomy is all the vital organs. It's all the important stuff that allows a being an idea to prosper, to move forward, to create their own ideas, all that fun stuff. But as I said, this is Greg Gilbert. He is my guest today. How are you doing, my friend? I'm good. How are you doing, Sean? Not too bad. And uh, definitely a busy week for you, if I'm not wrong. <laughs> yeah. It, uh, yeah. Been to, uh, yeah. We started getting the uh, null existence stuff mixed and mastered. And um, yeah, I've just been kind of out all week working, driving around Las Vegas and city. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been a good week Prosperous for the weekend. weekend. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah, yeah. Definitely. So happy to have the weekend. Oh yeah. Me too. It's, it's nice to have a solid routine and after all human beings are about patterns. So it's nice to have a sense of consistency, but moving into the first part, we will be talking about your story so far. Sure. Every, everything that's been going on recently how you became a musician, how you got into music. Take it away. All right. Uh, I, so let's start with uh, how I, I wanted to become a musician. So this might be kind of interesting for some people, but uh, my cousin, Angel, uh, he's in a band called Calamity and Joy. Uh, shout out him. When I was like five years old. Uh, so funny enough, uh, the cousin I was just talking about, he's coming over. Uh, to go somewhere with my grandpa. Oh, fun. So uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah, my cousin, uh, he was into like rock uh, stuff like Papa Roach, uh, Escape the Fate, uh, Suicide Silence, just just kind of like that early wave of like metalcore, deathcore, mm -hmm. uh, new metal, that sort of stuff. And uh, for some reason, Escape the Fate always stuck with me. And uh, I, I never knew they were like a Las Vegas band or anything like that. It was just like the the music and um, specifically just like the really uh, hard hitting like emotional songs off their first record, Dying Is Your uh, Latest Fashion. And uh, yeah, from from there, um, just kind of spiraled. My dad was into stuff like Slayer. So like I was already kind of introduced to, uh, you know, thrash metal and, uh, you know, some a little bit of death metal. And, uh, you know, you, I got older and uh, I, just, I just started wanting to uh, try screaming. Never got really into guitar or anything like that. I played saxophone in middle school and um, baritone a little bit, like my freshman year of high school. But I never went too far with doing either of those. But for some reason, vocals stuck with me. And I always wanted to, uh, you know, use that as an outlet. Because, uh, you know, those those early songs like um, The Day I Left the Womb and, uh, you know, like Cellar Door, uh, you know, they, they just stuck with me as a kid. Um, 
you know, and then you, you fast forward to around 2015, 2016, and Chris Paz, uh, guitarist of Shrine of Malice, one of my best friends, um, I asked him if he wanted to be in my band, and he was like, nah, I'm already in a band, uh, blah, blah, blah. And we just, we ended up making music on uh, a band called Looks Like Medusa. Which yeah. it, it has one single, if anyone's ever interested. It, it was called uh, Pestilence. Yeah, Pestilence by Looks Like Medusa. This is the first song any of us ever did. And uh, it's it's funny to to look back on, you know, that one single uh, to going to doing like Malignance, uh, you know, when I was a, a senior in high school, you know, right at the end of that and uh into shoal and we uh did another album not released everyone knows why blah 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 blah, blah. Yeah. um and uh yeah now i've just kind of been taking time to um yeah start learning how to kind of engineer and record myself so i can record some of my own stuff and uh you know doing vocals for a couple different projects uh to to name uh, you know, Cries of Christ is still doing stuff. We have a song that yeah. uh, we're working on that's finished. Um, and there's Null Existence, which we just did a three-song EP, which we're working on getting mixed and mastered right now by Phil Pluscota. Um, And then Lothbrook, which is my new project, which I'm secretive about and don't like to tell anyone <laughs> because I want it to be perfect. <laughs> right. And after all, a project named after the first king of Norway that has to have a whole, like, there's a lot of, I don't know, like speaking okay. as an Ossature yeah. and stuff, there's like a lot of expectation, I guess. Cause like, that's, that's a lot of history. That's like major history. For yeah. Vikings culture. So I'm really excited to hear how that ends up turning out when the time comes. And I mean, hell, if you want to jump back on the podcast with us at that point as oh, well, and yeah. kind of I discuss a little more. Yeah, like that would be awesome. Well, to say the least, there have been many projects that you have participated in. Have you been the lyrical figurehead behind most of the projects so far? Oh boy, uh, dude, I I love writing. Honestly, Sean, uh, that's that's probably my favorite part about being a vocalist is, uh, you know, writing the lyrics and uh, structuring a story. Right. Um. So yeah, yeah. I, uh, I mean, every now and then, you know, I've had uh, people, you know, interject some stuff and be like, "Hey, what if you did this?" You know. Um, but for the most part, when you listen to, you know, my features or, uh, you know, any of the records I've done or songs, uh, you know, that's that's all been, you know, what I was thinking lyrically for the most part. Um. Yeah, I I love writing, man. There's, yeah. there's just something about sitting down <laughs> and penning out your thoughts and, uh, you know, keeping the emotion in it and the rawness, but just making it more mechanical to fit into, you know, the structure of a verse, you know, it's, uh, yeah, for me, it's a little bit cathartic and, uh, I enjoy it because, you know, it lets you express how you feel. Yeah. Without a doubt. And uh, speaking from a fellow lyricist and someone who's also planning on writing a book, writing a sci-fi fantasy novel, 
I completely awesome. understand. Yeah, it's it's going to be so much fun. And I cannot emphasize because I've been working on it since elementary school. And just kind mm. of a quick tangent speaking for properties in the future and uh, content that I'm going to be narrative that I'm going to be utilizing for the projects that I'm wanting to do. Um, let's just say I'm writing a novel. I'm piecing together a couple novels right now. Um, I did back in elementary, I had a three book novel and then I tossed it. Um, so mm -hmm. like, I've been working on that for a long time. And to say the least, kind of like making sure I don't tangent too long onto myself, because this is about the guest. Um, oh, that's all right. Like, so much is going to happen. And I'm so excited for everybody to experience it. But tell me one thing, as a fellow What's lyricist that? and stuff, what has been your favorite song to write so far lyrically and why? So, okay, there's, there's some of the newer stuff I've been writing is uh, some of my favorite stuff I think I've come up with to date in between um, the Null Existence EP that's coming out in uh, Lothbrook. But, you know, when it, when it comes to songs that are already released, like... Uh, yeah coffin is one of my favorite songs that i've ever written Ooh, i think yeah. the emotion uh that that was in that song at the time was perfect mm -hmm. and it, it explains how i feel you know even still today and uh you know there's there's songs that are like epic stories that i've written and you know it's that's what malignant central where i was trying to write these epic novels almost into these deathcore records and I think I accomplished that, but a, a little bit along the way, you get lost in the story with it. Um, so there's there's parts I don't really relate to as much now. So it's like I have a hard time being like, do I just not like this or is this like really great? Just because I'm a perfectionist by nature. Right. It's my worst trait. But, uh, you know, the songs that, you know, I find that I write that I look back and I'm like, oh, wow, like that said what I wanted to say even if I had no idea what I was saying at the time, like it said exactly how I felt. You know, those, those are the ones that, you know, I love out of the, you know, even unreleased songs, like, yeah, close to a hundred that we wrote and I tracked vocals too. And I was just like, ah, these are cool at the time. And then you kind of reflect back and you're like, man, why didn't I do this? <laughs> yeah. You know, I, so I, I have a problem, you know, being a perfectionist with, uh, my lyrics, but you know, I, I do degree. I'm proud of all of it because yeah. you know I I set my mind out to write these epic you know stories, and I did. Uh, you know, and and people enjoyed them, and so you know I I did my job. Is how I feel. Yeah. But uh, you know, the the inner perfectionist in me is just always like, like I could have done better. Yeah, I could have done this. Could have done that. Maybe changed yeah, up the always, words a little bit. <laughs> always. Yeah. Why didn't I sing more? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's my thing now. I'm like, I want to sing. Yeah, I dude, I want to hear that because like, I I can't I can't lie. So speaking on my behalf, you know, I sent you and all the guys about ten bucks each because I thought the unreleased Oberth record um was really really phenomenal. And I love the, you. <laughs> yeah, the opening By track. Uh, yeah, I love you too, my guy. Um, the opening track for Oberith, when you're just like, like, I can't even describe the way that you were singing, but like, it felt exactly like an epic. It felt like something 
that could be done in a play or maybe a theater performance and you're just Mm -hmm. like looking over you know like cheap little uh (laughs) i don't even know how to describe (laughs) it like cheap little hill prop and you're just like looking over everybody (laughs) and kind of overseeing and observing and like that's just like the mightiness just like the glory the honor and all this energy that. that was flowing in yeah hell yeah dude and um, I think I've listened to the record, I think, six different times now on Russian websites. <laughs> oh, my so, God. Yeah, it, it's great. It's great. And, you know, I made sure to uh, to establish the worth of the record. And, you know, shit happened. We don't talk yeah, about whatever. shit anymore. But, you know, it was a great record either way. And it can be heard. So that's the coolest part about it. Um, I guess vocalist to vocalist growing sure. up. Who was your biggest inspiration as far as vocals, period? <laughs> Dude, this is this is a fucking funny one, but uh, Ronnie Radke. I love oh, Ronnie boy. Radke. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, boy. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> no, nah, dude, those those songs just they smacked, bro. There's there's something about those songs early on that were, uh, you know, even just the vocal performance and uh, even the stuff he does now where I'm just like, the, the production is epic but you like these vocals are like god tier yeah you know, like i just uh you know I, I really admired you know uh his voice then just because i thought it sounded good but like even now like looking at it from the vocal you know production uh hmm. aspect and performance i'm just like holy shit right like, that is like where i'm trying to trying to get my voice to be as a singer you know and that guy's just he's been doing it for how old is he like 30 35 i don't know he's he's old man he's been doing like 20 years (laughs) and so it's just like i want to be there but it's like you know you have to uh go through some of the the hiccups that you know you hear on records Mm -hmm. Um, yeah and you know you just you get better with uh with each one so speaking from a neutral standpoint on falling in reverse, because me personally, okay. not really sure. that, that big of a fan. Most but, people, yeah. <laughs> do you prefer Ronnie Radke from Escape? Because I think I remember him being in Escape the Fate, right? And that's what you're talking about? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So the earlier records for Escape the Fate versus- Yeah, use your latest fashion. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. Versus uh, anything that he's done on falling in reverse. Which one do you prefer? Dude, I love everything he's done. Mm, for sure. <laughs> I even like his his uh fucking mixtape, dude. Like I don't know. I I don't I just I grew up on that shit. So there's like a part of it where it's like this stuff isn't amazing, but it's still like I like it. It has you know, a place uh, in your so, heart. Yeah, ex- exactly. I don't know that dude just he he sometimes says shit that I think, you know, so uh you know, from the, the like artist to artist, like even even like human connection, you know, with just the lyrics, not even as like a human being in person, because I'm not fucking Ronnie Radke, never <laughs> will want to be Ronnie Radke. Don't <laughs> I'm me. I'm whoever the fuck this is. Yeah. Um, but you know, I just I have a respect for that because it's it comes from a very genuine place. Right, right. Undoubtedly. Now, kind of speaking as you know, speaking again as a vocalist, you said you wanted to uh sample some uh advice some like suggestions and all that other stuff as far as vocal technique so if you want to we can take a couple minutes we can take up until about like 12 25 
take it okay. away, my friend. What do you have to say as far as sampling, um, just kind of like the sample product and stuff. And obviously anybody who wants to know, this guy is a vocal coach. I respect him. He was my vocal coach, two different lessons, really, really solid guy. And he knows how to explain the techniques and the legacy that he's built so far as a vocalist. But what would be your kind of routing advice for new vocalists? Okay, so starting vocals, you have to know all of the parts of your body you're going to end up using to do vocals. So the first one, which is where we all start, is our diaphragm. And everyone talks about the diaphragm. And it's like, yeah, if, you know, it's it's like the umbrella-shaped group of muscles that is like right under our ribs. Okay. Like, mm. yeah, that, that, that doesn't explain it enough, in my opinion. So what I like to tell people, and bear with me, is push your fingers right under the front of your ribs and take a deep breath in. Take a deep breath out. And you'll feel those muscles move. You can do that in the sides of your ribs, same motion, in through your mouth or in through your nose, out through your mouth, and then in your lower back if you feel in uh, you know the same spot and same motion. So I like to refer to that area as your support band. That's where your vocals all start. And even when you're doing your screams, you know you're gonna feel most of that tension in your gut around from you know the sides of your ribs all the way to your back you know where your lungs are so when you're breathing and you feel that motion that's what your body's doing even when you're screaming it's just really exaggerated sorry my nose is stuffy <laughs> you're fine. um then from your diaphragm that's all going up your air passageway and all your air passageway is it's the little canal that, depending on how much air you've pushed through it, uh, you know, determines how, you know, closed its position is or how open and full it is. So, and you control that with, you know, stuff like breathing exercises. You know, the more uh, of your breathing exercises that you do, the more full your air passageways position is going to be. So... Your diaphragm and your air passageway really work together. The harder you push, uh, or, or sorry, the more warmed up you get from your diaphragm and just preparing all of those muscles, the more expanded your air passageway is going to get because they're working in conjunction with each other. With each other, jeez. Uh, and then we go to your vocal cords, and all your vocal cords are ever doing is just vibrating. And an example of this I like to use a lot is taking both of your hands and just moving the fingertips of them back and forth. And that's what your vocal cords are doing. They're just flowing from the air that you're pushing up when you're going, that air vibrates your vocal cords and it starts creating a scream. Mm -hmm. So those three pieces all work together and if you understand how those flow and warm each other up 
and how the amount of air you're projecting out affects, uh, you know, how your vocal cords vibrate. Because say with like a high, you're going to have a tighter vocal cord shape because you're pulling your voice together a little bit. And so I wish I had a webcam so I could show you guys this, but (laughs) you're like, put your hands together really close and then do that motion. And then it's like your hands can kind of like hit together. And that's what's happening when you over project into like a high. And that's why like some people will be like, oh, my highs hurt. Well, it's because what you're projecting is too much. You need to dial back a little bit to allow that, you know, stream of air to just flow and let your vocal cords vibrate in the position that they're sitting in. Uh, same with lows. Lows are more, much more open. Uh, so you can project a lot more air. You know, you could project, say, 80% air into a low, whereas that 80% into a high is just going to distort it and make it kind of feel raw and hurt, right? And then all of those things travel from your diaphragm, air passageway, vocal cords out of your mouth. And there's a couple different parts of your mouth that we need to know about. There's your jaw, your lips, your tongue, and your teeth. Your jaw can control the pitch of a scream. So you could take a low and open your jaw up more and you'll get a mid. Or you can take a low and drop the bottom of your jaw and keep your mouth closed and you'll get a more guttural kind of low, deeper uh, resonation from your low. Right. So with that in mind, if you can perfect your low technique, you will be able to do a mid with time and you'll be able to do gutturals with time. It's all just a matter of finding all of the little sweet spots in your voice and how much should you be projecting? Are you fully warmed up? Um, you know, those little, little things, uh, you know, how much water have you drinking? Um, all of that stuff is important because at the end of the day, these parts of our body that we're using are very small. So we have to look at the most minute kind of small things. You know, and this is something I heard um, David from uh, the Extreme Vocal Institute. I think it was a thing he did with Dan Watson, where Dan mm. Watson said, um, I try to hydrate, and, and don't quote me on this exact word for word verbatim, um, but he tries to hydrate 24 hours before he does vocals. I've, you know, incorporated that into my own practice and I do find that that helps my voice. And, you know, I think when you take little things like that into consideration, it goes a long way. Mm -hmm. So if we can just do the little things for our just basic general health, like focusing on our breathing and doing breathing exercises and stuff like that, 
throughout your day. You don't have to worry about going to warm up when uh, you know you're just jumping into vocals because you've been you know doing all of your stuff throughout your day anyway. Right. And um, you know that turns into your routine. So, you know, for me, like I have it down to where I drink probably like I don't know how much water's in this bottle. 16 fluid ounces, I probably drink like a gallon of water a day. And that's you know, good. Sometimes a little bit more. So if you can get yourself into a cycle where you're drinking about that gallon uh, in like your full 24 hours and sometimes more water, mm-hmm. you know, you'll get into a habit and, uh, you know, your mind where you'll already know everything you in your voice is lubricated. So you don't have to worry about drinking a bunch of water during your practice. Right. You know, and it's eliminating, you know, different stresses and causes. And I know we're, we're going to go a little bit over time here uh, <laughs> with this, this segment, but something else I'll go ahead and say is if I don't forget like an absolute piece of shit yeah if you can get yourself into a routine you're going to have a much easier time as a vocalist and the mental stresses will go away and you're going to be able to focus more on what you're doing physically i always say that vocals are 50 percent mental 50% physical. If you Mm. can figure out how to do something mentally, you're halfway there. So that's a lot of what I try to uh, go over in lessons is giving you the actual knowledge to be able to reflect on this stuff, uh, you know, on your own time and, um, you know, solve your own, you know, stuff along your, your vocal journey. Because once you start doing that, like you become unstoppable. Right. And that's, that's, that's all I want to do is just give people proper information. Um, yep. You know, because there's, there's just so much misinformation on the internet. And I'm not saying anyone specifically, uh, I'm just saying like from a long time ago when a lot of, you know, uh, vocalists, like uh, from, you know, my pool uh, came up, you know, we had a lot of like, not really great information and we've had to, you know, learn a lot of it. And, you know, yeah. I just want to be able to share, uh, you know, accurate information and, uh, you know, stuff that I've tried and, you know, how do other vocalists try and, you know, themselves benefit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the the share of knowledge is number one, in my opinion, for all of this stuff. Exactly. And it's all about community. It's all about exchanging the information because otherwise you have the big shots like Caleb Shomo, Oliver Sykes, Lawrence Taylor, who, I mean, they, they had education over time from the likes of Janet. I think her name is Janet Cross, um, older lady, really, really sweet. Um, and they've had to go through surgeries because they blow out their voice. Yeah. So quite evidently, that was a little sample from Mr. Greg Gilbert on behalf of his vocal teaching in which, again, I've been a student of his two different times before. And I mean, on my behalf, like, I'm just I'm stupid and I don't really <laughs> recycle the important stuff that often. 
Um, cause I've been self-taught for about seven years. And then I decided to go to Greg, see what I can learn. And I did learn a couple things, but more or less, it was my fault that like, I haven't progressed cause I haven't like put the time into it, but it's because I'm exploring so many other avenues, but thank you, Mr. Gilbert, Mr. Greg Gilbert, my good friend yeah. for, uh, sharing and sampling your vocal lessons with us and, by all means, everybody who's listening to this, if you're wanting to get into vocal lessons, if you're wanting to have a pretty thorough and very, very down to earth, chill vocal teacher, um, the, Greg is the guy guaranteed and his lessons are super cheap. I appreciate it. Of course, by, by all means. So jumping into the next part and what will be the last part today for the podcast, we have the anatomy part itself. What is anatomy? Anatomy is all the por- important organs everything that helps a being prosper, blossom, and move forward. So speaking on behalf of the music scene and just like everything that encompasses what a band is, um, yeah. we're not going to be going too far into Shrine. All I have to say is I defend Greg on behalf of everything that has go- gone on, and that's why he's on this podcast. So Can I, I, do- can I yes, mention sir. one thing? Yes, sir. Rest in peace, Aviana. That's that's all I'll say. Just yeah, exactly. Yeah. Rest in peace. Um, so speaking on behalf of all the projects that you have participated in so far, I guess the first part would be the mind. What have been the most important lessons that you've learned in what you have done so far? I made a a Facebook post about uh that I, I said some of the things that I thought were important. Um, some of the most important ones that I've learned, uh, you know, and not just, you know, through music, but, you know, just life. Yeah. Uh, never lie. Mm-hmm. No matter what it is, just be honest because it saves you the hassle of, uh, you know, trying to keep up with your own bullshit. And, you know, you're not the boy who cries wolf. Right. Right. Exactly. Um, Two is remain humble because someone will always uh, be better than you somehow. And, you know, that's not said from a pessimistic perspective. That's just said from, uh, you know, a more realistic perspective. Yeah, exactly. It's, uh, you know, the, the real fact that, hey, one day, you know, uh, 10 years down the line, there's going to be a kid doing this who will be better than you. And, you know, matter of fact is, you know, I'm excited for that kid. I want him to, you know, do well. And so I want to have the knowledge to be able to give, you know, that, uh, you know, back uh, where I didn't have some of it. Um, and uh, don't fucking trust nobody. <laughs> G shit. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. I mean, after all, despite it being the counterculture music business scene, I guess you can call it of today, no matter what, unfortunately, we all still have bad apples going on in the scene. And for the most part, in our scene specifically, the scene that me and Greg participate in, the scene that me and Devin participate in, all of the people I've had on the podcast so far, we will all have cancerous individuals cancerous uh circumstances but for the most part we just cut that out people and at the end of the day that's what's really important like i always try to establish on the podcast that just speaking for counterculture we might be strange we might be weird 
but for all of the, you know, just very, very vanilla white individuals who always find the culture evil, like, no, man, I mean, we might have a semi <laughs> intimidating image, but we've never been about actually doing evil shit. So I just wanted to emphasize that, but yeah, kind of looking to the future, any details you don't want to disclose, that's completely fine. But speaking on the future, what is the yeah. most important thing to, for us as the audience and for fellow collaborators, fellow musicians who follow your work, participate in your work, endorse what you do? What is the most important thing for us to keep in mind going into the future for what you have yet to create? Go follow Null Existence. That's <laughs> like the, the most recent project I'm doing. Uh, and I'm, I'm super proud of the songs that we've done uh you know it's it's a three song ep but they're all relatively longer songs uh setting out like four or five minutes long mm, right um but i absolutely loved making this ep because there's a lot of trial and error along the way with making it like uh you know learning how to record and edit and align just you know the the basic stuff about engineering to uh you know make something uh to where you know you give it it give it to a producer and uh you know do it but um yeah I, I did all this just like in my bedroom and like honestly like I'm not gonna toot my own horn but I'm like dude this sounds like fucking sick mm -hmm. and uh just because uh Philip Puscote is doing it he's he, he's a monster he did uh cesspool of, of ignorance by Ooh. signs of the swarm and he he nailed that one out of the park so like that's another reason why i'm just like go listen to this this dude is so fucking good at mixing shit get <laughs> him to do your shit um but uh no i'm really excited for that project because um it's a step for me back into the deathcore world with uh you know doing a record because uh the last one i did wasn't allowed to be released not going to talk about why we all we, yeah, we, we all saw <laughs> yeah. everybody knows nobody cares um but yeah i'm just i'm excited to be able to just kind of give a record back you yeah. know after so much like just trial and tribulation or just like holy fuck like this is garbage you know that like just everything is garbage to being like hey i finally have a record again yeah. you know and and for me as a musician like that's always like I don't know. I'm such a perfectionist to where it's like, if I don't have something to work on, I start going stir crazy really fast. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this working on the CP and writing some of it, you know, as well as, uh, some of the other stuff, you know, I've done along the way, like uh, a couple commissions. Um, it's, it's just been really exciting, you know, because one, I got to learn a lot of stuff along the way and I kind of, you know, in, in rediscovering, myself a little bit as a musician and uh you know it's it's all pretty personal music for the most part good um, so yeah i'm excited for that ep to come out and uh we're, we're already kind of writing for a new album taking it a little slow because we want to yeah finish this one up but uh yeah then i'm working on lothbrook and that's i'm i'm excited for that stuff but it's like i just i don't have a whole lot to talk about it because yeah uh me and all the guys in the band like we had a discussion about it and we all feel the same way and we're just like we don't want to say nothing until we have something yeah yeah completely <laughs> understood you know and it's uh i like going at music from that perspective of just like no nah, we're gonna 
release this on our own time when it's prepared instead of being like we need to put this out right now yeah yeah just because um you know it's it feels really freeing to not like worry too much about the social media stuff and that kind of thing and it's like focusing a little bit more on the null existence you know social media stuff right now but that's because we have this record and we're you know getting prepared to you know do something yeah but for Lothbrook I'm I'm treating that really like a baby it's because uh gotta nurture it very slow baby steps and all that yeah it's that's the music that uh is like it has to be written from the right frame of mind Mm -hmm. and it's like i'm writing stuff for it right now and it's like we have songs and i like in my opinion they sound really good you know time will tell if people like them um you know but granted we're still going to make the record because you know we're excited to do it yeah um but yeah it's just it's getting into the right frame of mind and you know getting everything written and uh yeah yeah yeah, awesome. And uh, we only have about three minutes left before the session ends. So for sure, there you have it, folks. That was the Anatomy Podcast with Greg Gilbert, formerly of Shrine of Malice, and participating, contributing to No Existence and the Lothbrook Project, which will all be under wraps until further notice. No Existence is a little <laughs> bit more public. <laughs> um, <laughs> But kind of speaking on collaborations, I am super excited to be at least spitballing possible yeah. vocal duets between me and yeah. Greg. Um, do you have anything to say about that? <laughs> Dude, I'm I'm down. I uh you know, this I don't have anything to really work on too much right now. Right. Uh waiting on on some of these commissions. So it's like, yeah, I'm down. Uh Lorna Shore. Lorna Shore, we'll, we'll be doing a handful of bands and depending we'll on that, how, yeah. yeah, depending on how things go, this might be a regular thing. Who knows? I'm not going to speak confidently on a live stream about that, but all I know <laughs> is that I do hope to collaborate. We'll do one. Ms. Yeah, we'll do yeah, one. If you guys like it, we'll minimum. do more. Exactly. Exactly. It'll be a sample product. And if you like it, we will be sure to do more, but This was Sean Cross, host of the Sean Cross Anatomy podcast, all that fun stuff. We thank Mr. Greg Gilbert for taking the time to sit down and talk with us about everything that's been going on in his world recently. Of course, up to the details that he was willing to disclose. Everything else, like everybody needs to kind of just leave it alone. It's a mute issue now. Um, And yeah, he's a friend of mine. If anybody like has an issue with that, like I don't even care. Bite me. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like we're homies. We're all about defending Greg on this channel. Um, And uh, thank you for your time to say the least and be sure to have an awesome day, my friend. I appreciate you, Sean. Have a good rest of your day, man. Take care. You too.